Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, today on Kidney Talk, I am so excited because I saw Alonzo Bowden at a comedy store a few weeks ago, and I have not laughed so hard in such a long time. And as we all know, laughter is the best medicine in the world. And Alonzo Bowden, he won the last comic standing, and he was a runner-up. I mean, it's amazing how funny this guy is. And the thing that I love about his act is he slips in that he donated a kidney. So I am so excited to talk to Alonzo today. So, hey, Alonzo. Hey, Lori. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. And I'm, I'm really excited today because I, you know, I've gone to the Ice House for many seasons, many years. And I have to say, by far, you are one of the funniest comedians I have seen intelligent, witty, you know, timely. You're the whole package. Well, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I do. I work on the, um, I have a bit about the kidney, about donating the kidney. That was part of the deal and giving a kidney to my brother that I would be able to make fun of him. And, uh, yeah. I think it's great because you drop in the, you know, the, the fact that you donated. You're a hero. Besides being a comedian, you're a hero. I'm humbled when people say that. People always say it, and I, and I appreciate it, and I know where it comes from. But, you know, in my case, it was my brother, you know? Right. And, and I'm close to my brother, and I always have been. So when the situation came up, when he went to dialysis, when he went to that level, I never even thought about it. I just told him, like, yeah, my kid needs a match. You could have one. You know, it wasn't... Uh, it didn't take a lot of thought on my part to help him out, and I, I feel lucky that I could. Did he was he aware that he had kidney disease? Yeah, it, in his case, it was a degenerative failure over years. Um, I think it stemmed from high blood pressure, but when his kidney function got down to fifteen percent, that's when he had to go on dialysis, and that's when I told him I'd be happy to give him a kidney. Wow. And what was the process like for you? I mean, did you have to go through extensive testing? Was it painful? Yeah, it wasn't painful at all. Um, the testing was comically thorough. I've, I've never been through so many medical tests. I actually, I've actually found out I'm probably going to live a long time, so I should start saving money. I, um, <laughs> I had counted on a nice short life. You tell some jokes, you die, and then you, you spend all your money, you die broke. But apparently... Not going to work out that way. Pretty healthy, so I started in IRA. Well, that, that's why you got to work extra hard at doing your craft, right? Because you're going to exactly. live a long time. But um, all kidding aside, the, the difficult, not even difficulty, but the factor was the fact he lives in Connecticut, I live in L.A., and the nature of my work, I'm usually booked about six months in advance. So we had to figure out a way, like, for me to open up my schedule so I'd be available to do the surgery and the recovery because, you know, obviously I was going to go to him in Connecticut and the doctors wanted me to stay there for a few weeks after the surgery. So we started talking about it in August and then I cleared up the schedule for March of the following year 
the um, the hardcore medical test probably started in January. And you know, I joke a lot about insurance and medical <laughs> procedure. And that was the biggest problem. Like, his insurance was going to pay for the whole thing. But I had to go to kidney specialists in L.A. to do the testing. And the difficult thing was for them to understand that his insurance was going to be paying for it. Right. You know what I mean? They, they were like, wait a minute, how does that work? And I've, I've since found out that I should have gone to Cedars because Cedars and Yale New Haven, where the surgery was done, they have, like, a partnership, and they would have understood. But anyway... That that was more difficult than the actual testing. Um, I found out from the testing I was very healthy. They worried a little about my PSA score, which is the stroke, uh, not stroke, the prostate. It's kind of like prostate cancer probability. And I think my score changed a couple of points from the first test, you know, from their first test, blood test, which was like September, to the test right before the surgery, which was in January. And the funny thing about that was I said, well, what causes the change? And they're like, uh, we don't know. So I'm like, so how do you know it's a problem if you don't even know what causes it? And then I had to go find other medical records for a few years and show that my PSA score was in the safe range for X number of years because they wanted to postpone the surgery. And I tried to tell them, like, I can't do that with the way I work. Right. So the the good thing was, though, they did move the surgery back two weeks. So instead of having a month of downtime, I only had two weeks of downtime. And that was great because if I had to lay around for a month, like I was out of the hospital in three days and I was back on stage a week later. <laughs> if I would had to lay around for a month, um, I would have recovered fine from the kidney but my brother's wife would have killed me for being around the house, <laughs> a frustrated comic who can't get on stage. Who can't, who, you would have had a lot of material for future use, maybe, but um, at the price of your family and yourself, right? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it, it all worked out. It worked out fine. It worked out fine. And in the aftermath, you know, I'm fine. My brother's fine. Um, everything, it, it couldn't have gone better. It was... But when I tell people, when they talk about, you know, you're a hero and it's great and this and that, I'm like, it was relatively easy. You know, I, I shattered a bone in my wrist about four years ago. That was much more involved medically than donating a kidney. Right. And you get regular checkups and everything's fine because you're going to live a very long time. And w was it reassuring to know that you're so healthy? I mean, kidding aside, I mean, that has to feel pretty good. Well, I got to tell you, when they had, when they said I had to get a colonoscopy, I really had to rethink how much I love my brother, because that was uh, that was a little bit of a commitment above and beyond the call of duty. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to know, you know, it's good to know that you're healthy, that they, everything checks out. And um, what surprised me most about the procedure, and since the procedure, you know, I've been asked to talk about it like we're talking now and do a couple of benefit things, it surprises me how much misinformation is out there and how afraid people are to donate. Um, the craziest thing I heard, and apparently this is a somewhat common belief, is that if you agree to donate organs, people believe that like if you get sick or you go to the hospital, they're going to let you die so they, they can harvest your organs. <laughs> 
I know. It, it, I know they're not that organized, first of all, and um, that would never happen. I mean, it, it is. It's insane that people believe that, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was comically ridiculous, but um, you know, considering just this morning, I heard that the Ebola virus is Barack Obama's fault. Uh, people pretty much believe anything. <laughs> I know. Well, everything's his fault. So, you know, it's just whoever's the president, it's their fault, you know? Yeah. And, well, you, you've also heard where, you know, people go to Vegas and they have the kidney removed and then they end up in a bathtub. They wake up in a bathtub full of ice. I'm like, first of all, you don't wake up in a bathtub full of ice. You die of hypothermia. I mean, yeah, it's I just... Kind of explain <laughs> to people they don't do it that way anymore. That was in the old days. That was they, in the old they advanced, days. They've advanced surgery, so there's no more bathtub full of ice. But, you know, people have these beliefs and these fears, and uh, it's unfortunate. But that's why I've been asked to talk like this, to let people know that, no, it's not a big deal. Uh, recently, and I don't remember the players' names, unfortunately, but there were two brothers. One played for the Baltimore Ravens, the other played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those two teams are huge rivals. And the brother who played for the Ravens donated a kidney to the brother who played for the Steelers. And, and people were like, wow, I didn't know you, you know, I, they were just so amazed you could do it. And I could relate because it's the same thing. I gave my kidney to my brother. And, you know, the fact that he's an IBM computer guy, and a Mac user. Has he picked up any traits now that he has your kidney? No, no. We were worried about me giving him the funny one. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't. If I had given my brother the funny kidney, I would have taken it back. I'd be like, sorry, but uh, no, you got to go. So uh, just to give a little bit about your background and your show, tell us about your website and how you got started in, you know, doing comedy. Was this something you knew you wanted to do when you were younger or did what, what, how did it, how did it work out? Well, I could always make people laugh, but I never thought about doing it professionally. And then um, two things happened. One, I had worked as an airplane mechanic, and I worked as a uh, building airplane, and I started training people, and I had fun making them laugh. So the the idea of being in front of a room full of people and making them laugh, that kind of just happened. The other thing was, you know, I went through a, a battle with addiction. I got sober. I've been in recovery for 26 years. And I was fortunate in the place that I got sober. It was called Studio 12. And the way I describe that is the stars went to Betty Ford and the crew went to Studio 12. <laughs> so I was around people who worked. Like, I had never been in the entertainment industry, but now I was around people who worked in the entertainment industry. And they were the ones who were encouraging and were like, yeah, you can do this. You know, why not? And, uh, and I tried it, and I loved it, and I made a promise to myself never to fix airplanes again. So far, that's worked out. It's been 21 years. I still haven't picked up a wrench, but I still have my toolbox at home just in case. Well, and you were on Last Comic Standing, and I, I've watched that show. It's Is it really that intense where you're, you know, you have to get up and perform and you live with different comedians? And it, what, what was that experience like? Well, they changed the format of the show, so they don't live together anymore. But when we did it, it's an interesting situation to be put in front of America like that. You know, basically, you're living on TV, and you find out real quick what people think about you. 
and that can be good or bad. But uh, Last Comic was a huge experience for me. It was phenomenal. It was definitely my introduction to America. Um, so I, I had a great experience in that respect. And, you know, it's... Uh, I didn't think about it when I was doing it, about how big it was, because I, that would psych you out. If you, if you go out thinking, you know, 10 million people might laugh at this next joke, then you may lose your mind. Right. But if you, I would just remind myself, like, okay, it's just five minutes of comedy. I've done that before. And just go on stage and do my thing. And then you find out that America loves it. And that's, uh, that's a bonus. Well, you are certainly one of the funniest people I have ever met. And if people want to see your show schedule, where do they find out about how... I know you have a great CD. I just listened to your CD last week, and it's funny. Um, tell us where you learn more about what you're doing. Uh, I use my real name. I'm fortunate that nobody's looking for me. I don't have any stalker lawsuits going on, so... You can find me at alonzobowden.com, that's B-O-D-D-E-N, and that's also my name on Facebook and Twitter, at Alonzo Bowden, and you can buy my CDs or DVDs through my website or on Amazon. You know, if you look up just comic Alonzo, you're going to find me and Cristela Alonzo, and uh, I'm the guy, right? So, Cristela is a hilarious woman. She's got a new show on ABC. But she's the woman, Alonzo. I'm the guy, Alonzo. Oh, okay. We keep it that way. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. And I have to say that, you know, can you just say how humor helped you and your brother through this? I mean, humor is the best medicine in the world. And if nothing else, it heals. And so you have to go out and find laughter. You have to go out and find the funny, they say. Um, do you do that? The stuff you saw me do... If people want to see a video of that, it's actually on the National Kidney Foundation website because someone from there heard me doing jokes about it and asked if they could record, if we could record it and put up the video. But, you know, when we were going through it, my brother and I, we've always had a good sense of humor. We've always laughed with each other. And there were just some things that were really funny about the surgery, like uh, when they were explaining to us how they do it, one of my questions was, which of my kidneys are they going to take? And, you know, because I'm thinking, like, there must be some reasoning behind it, you know. I don't know what it is. And they said, oh, yeah, we take the left one. And I'm like, really? Why is that? And they were like, well, it's easier to get to. I'm like, really? Like, that's all there is? It's, you know, that's the reason it's easier to get. So if I turn to the right, you're going to switch surgery? I don't know. And, uh... Another thing we laughed about, my brother and I are the same height, but I probably outweigh him by about 40 pounds. And after they did the surgery, his doctor was raving about how big my kidney was. He was like, man, that was a big-ass kidney. We had to make room in him to put that kidney in there. He's going to be fine. <laughs> See, you know, we laughed about that because what I didn't know is that they don't remove his kidney. That when they do the transplant, they add, basically, he has three kidneys now. Mm -hmm. Mine being the big, healthy one and his being the two that don't work, which is pretty much how it is in real life. Yep. 
Well, you know what? This has been wonderful. Um, I can't wait for when you perform again. Um, I always go to the Ice House in Pasadena. That's kind of my comedy haunt that I like to go to. I will definitely bring all my friends to come see you. And if you, if anybody listening gets an opportunity to hear Alonzo, it's a, it's a treat. It's better than any kind of Ativan or medicine you can take. You will laugh, go home, and fall asleep and wake up happy. So, Alonzo, thank you so much for being on the show again you know, go to alonzobowden.com. You can find all his information. And, you know, again, you are a hero to many people, but you are a world-class comedian. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Murray. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.